back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Let's not waste too much time because we've made Kipper wait a couple minutes here. I, I never like doing that. So let's get to our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Good morning, Kipper. Hey, listen, I'm just here. I got my coffee. I'm, <laughs> I'm all set. I got slippers still on. Ooh. It's all good. Yeah, we were talking like good. is 7 because we usually have you at 7 a.m. Is 7 a.m. Kipper different than 8 a.m. Kipper? Yeah, I'm uh I don't know what happened. I in my 50s I became an early riser. It's maybe all that uh that that stress around you that uh kicks in automatically around that time, but I've been an early riser the last little while, so even the 7s are are no issues for me. Okay, well we appreciate the 7s, we appreciate the 8s too. Uh stunning moment in sports radio history yesterday. Uh when you and and the stunning uh, the person who wore it the most was your co-host uh Justin Bourne. But you mentioned at some point yesterday uh, that trading Mitch Marner might be the way to go for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, it, it truly, I was floored, It Kipper. truly, truly was Oh, my floored. gosh. Uh, <laughs> how did you arrive at that conclusion? I got, we got to ask. Are you okay? I have to ask. Uh, yes, I am okay. <laughs> and uh, I am still a Mitch Marner fan. Let's get that out of the, the way right away, is that uh, I, I think he's their best player. I think he's the most... Uh, uh, valuable. He's the engine that drives it. When he plays well, the team has success. And therefore, if you were to change the makeup of this team, then you start with your most valuable piece and what it can bring you. And that's not Austin Matthews right now. That's not Nylander. Uh, we know it's not John Tavares. It's Mitch Marner. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, you, you uh, I'll, I'll give a bit of a hat tip to my co-host here. You mentioned Keandre Miller as a possible guy, just, you know, bandying about names. If they are going to move off from Marner, does it have to be a trade like that of similar youngish piece, but in a different part of the roster? Obviously, you'd like a defenseman. I, I can't see them doing it for a goalie. That'd be, that'd be quite the bold move. If they were to move off of Marner or, you know, even if it's a Nylander trade, does it have to be for a defenseman or could it be for a kind of different flavor? flavor of forward, you know, not this guy because he's a little long in the tooth, but you're Tom Wilson type, somebody like that. Has to be a defenseman. Okay. And it's been uh, the search for a very long time. And even going into the trade deadline uh, and, and Morgan had not been playing particularly well in terms of uh, looking at it uh, over the whole season. And it, it's been their uh, Achilles heel uh, the last few years is robbing Peter to pay Paul, and that was the four forwards up front. Uh, and uh, the bulk of the salary cap, it really left them vulnerable on the blue line where it's been patchwork, guys, patchwork on the blue line over the years. And this was the year that uh, Morgan really needed another guy, a stud. And they chose to go uh, Jacob McCabe, which isn't a bad pick if you're trying to add depth in your five or six position he could not handle playing the role of a Jake Muzzin in his prime and uh, he got overwhelmed but you're also paying two million dollars he he looked like a two million dollar defenseman when you needed a five or six million dollar defenseman and uh you know the only place you really could have gone to have an impact like that and maybe make a difference for you would have been a, an Ekholm or an Orlov and uh, we saw uh, a lot of success uh, since that trade for the Boston Bruins and the Edmonton Oilers, respectively. No, they're not in the conference final. I get that. Uh, but you you can tell what 
quality that would have added to the Leafs. Yeah, Gunnar just mentioned it. I, I was a little rattled when you said the name Keandre Miller yesterday because I thought it was a brilliant idea that only I had in my head and I wanted to present. But I, I, this is the trade scenario I was thinking about yesterday. If you did move on from Mitch Marner and you got Keandre Miller and Philip Heedle, let's say, back in return, you get someone who can play in the top six, you get that young guy on defense who could be a stud, and you have money to go out and maybe compete in free agency for a guy like Matt Dumba. And if you're talking about changing the DNA of a team and you remove one core four player out and you bring back a top six forward, a young stud on defense, and maybe the best defenseman in the class of free agents, I mean, that's pretty meaningful, right? So why aren't we the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Why it's it's so easy. Wait a couple it's, days, Kipper. You might get a call. Uh, yes, and the Rangers will have trouble signing Kendra Miller. And I don't know what the number is, but when you're uh, in deep with Adam Fox and Jacob Truba, uh, they've also got young players like uh, Snyder uh, there as well. Uh, there's only so much room there. And I, I think I think Kendra Miller could be had. Uh, they love him. I just don't know if they have room for him on the back end. And that's where the Leafs can make a, a, a big change here. Uh, and, and you're right. It's a different look. It is a different feel. If, if um, Kyle Dubas stays on board and he's able to give the organization a jolt, or a change in this regard, then there's the possibility that, uh, you know, it's not the focus isn't on uh, the change up above. Then it's not the focus of Shanahan's got to go or Dubas has got to go or, Ky or Sheldon Keefe have to go. It's like, uh, no, uh, give us an opportunity to change this makeup and uh, and we can do it. And, and we'll see where it goes for from the next couple of days. I think today's a big day for Kyle Dubas. Based on everything we heard and, and saw yesterday, today's a big day on what direction the Leafs' managerial team move. So we just mentioned the Rangers, and my only pushback on the Rangers would be, like, they really seem focused on winning brawls in the street. Like, they're, I don't know if they want to bring in a guy like Mitch Marner if they continue because that's just kind of their thing. They want to be a tougher team, and I'm not sure Mitch is Listen, that. But, again, this is hypothetical. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is a tough, tough or no tough. There will be a lineup and, for Mitch Marner. And I think that's the point, right? Like, if Mitch Marner is clearly out there, if Mitch Marner is being dangled, there's going to be a hell of a lot of interest, right? There is going to be uh, a lot of teams that are involved in those discussions. And not that it should be either or, or it should be Marner's, Marner and not Nylander, or Nylander and not Marner. But the good thing for the Maple Leafs is, hey... Mitch, uh, as as valuable as Mitch Marner is, William Nylander's stock has risen to a pretty high level as well. Not that we should compare trade values necessarily, but if they want to make a deal, like they really can make a productive one if they're choosing between trading one of those two guys. You know, if again, if if I'll, I'll play hypothetical here, and I'm in Kyle Dubas's uh, uh, shoes right now, and I'm I'm beyond you know, my family decision and I want to come back and I want to convince you I'm still the guy to get this done. I am going back to the board. I'm going back to Brendan Shanahan and I'm saying I'm going to do uh, my due diligence here and I am shopping everyone, not just Mitch. I'm shopping Nylander. I'm shopping Matthews and I'm shopping Tavares. I'll even go further and say I'm shopping Morgan Riley, even though, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed his... Uh, 
is playoffs. And maybe this is the best time to maybe get out of that contract as well. If, if he is true to his word that uh, everything's on the table, I need to present the board and Brendan Shanahan uh, scenarios where I can come back to him with uh, whatever uh, information that I gathered and who's worth what and what, where is their marketplace on all of it. And, and that's, that's the way I would attack this. And I, I, I threw out Mitch because off, off the top of my head, he is the guy that can garner the most attention. But I, if, if I'm true to look at everything, I am making a, uh, a compelling argument or not a, a compelling uh, presentation to the board that this is where our stars are. This is what I can get back. And this is how I can uh, really uh, be proactive in change moving forward. Finn Morning Show, Brent Cutting, Justin Cuthbert here talking to Nick Kiprios, uh, 1994 Stanley Cup champ, co-host, Real Kipper and Born. You know, we talk a lot about the idea of accountability and these guys need to wear it or understand there are consequences for not getting it done. What do you think it would do to the kind of internal accountability to see one of those guys walk out the door, be it Matthews, be it Marner, be it Nylander, to have them shipped out and say, this didn't work and we are busting it up? Like, what do you think that would do to the stakes in the room or the accountability do you think that would kind of make guys understand the consequences of the lack of playoff success? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying there, Kipper? I, I think it's a must, Gunner. I think it's a it's a must that uh, they truly understand that as a group we all failed here, and when you fail, change must happen. And again, if it's not above, if it's not Dubis, if it's not Brendan Shanahan then there's only one place to go, and that's uh, whatever the assets are in that room to to change the makeup. But it's not good enough. And it's not good enough to your paying customers, your season ticket holders, the ones on Bay Street who are paying six figures for suites and constantly uh, uh, are, are at the arena and and supporting you. And, yeah, they're, they're cutting deals. I get all of that. Um, but they're still there nonetheless. And they're upset. Uh, I, I know a lot of them in the city. And uh, and they're pissed uh, that they aren't going to the rink right now and that they lost uh, the team that they support uh, financially, <laughs> emotionally, spiritually, and lost to a <laughs> team that needed the last game to decide whether they got in or not. A team that you, you gave, uh, that you finished 20 points ahead that uh, all this talk was that uh, we'll never get out of the division with Boston and Tampa Bay and they drop and then we lose to Florida. So th- there's there's people demanding change behind the scenes and uh, the, the price of these tickets and the suites have never been higher and they expect something back. They expect to be playing this time of year for it. So yes, they everybody wants change, even the players. You know, you talk to... You talk to the the guys and you listen to them and we're a close-knit group and you never played close. Never. Okay, you want to you see a close team? Follow Tampa Bay. Yeah, they lost, but they were close. Follow Florida. Who's closer? Who played for each other harder? And that's all that matters. Don't tell me that you guys all love being together off the ice or you get togethers or you vacation together or you, you go visit each other uh, in the offseason. Just play on the ice like you, you you care about each other that, that this group never did that scrums I, I get it there's no fighting i get all of that but they didn't show us they were close on the ice 
you don't get to stay together. I'm sorry. It's time to break up the, the party. Uh, Kipper, if one thing's for certain, I think it's that if Austin Matthews wants to be here, the Maple Leafs will have him here. Uh, I don't think he's sort of in that group where he might be traded. It seems like he's above that, rightly or wrongly. And you've questioned whether you think he can, you know, go to the next level as a playoff performer. And I, it's, I don't want to make this a Mitch Marner conversation. I want this to be about Matthews. But when you look at what he might need, and if he needs a different line mate or a diff- different look to to help him you know, carry through a playoff game. Like, what do you think he needs? And again, I'm not saying Mitch Marner's the issue for Austin, but does Austin Matthews need someone, a different type of player to play with to bring the best out of him? Let's start with Austin looking in the mirror and seeing his own reflection before he starts saying, I need a a, a Kachuk. I need uh, a Landis Cog, you know, when he's at his best. Um, I need this. I need that. He needs to look in the mirror. That's what he needs to do. And he needs to find that extra oomph. Do you remember that game where he scored, I think, his 60th goal in Dallas? Yep. Uh, Do you remember that game? I do. Mm -hmm. Do you remember how dominant he was at that game? Do you remember all of us in awe as he drove to the net with, like, two guys on his back and he was not to be denied and how much he stood out amongst everybody else. Okay. Where was that all season long? What happened? Where, where was that gumption? Where's that, that jam? Where is that spirit? So don't go start telling me that uh, you need this or you need that. You need to look in the mirror and tell me where that guy is. Cause he didn't play this year. I need him back in September. You want to ask to be the highest paid player in July 1st? You tell me where that guy went first. That said, Kipper, if he played with Tom Wilson, do you think Austin Matthews would change just by osmosis? That is ultimately the million-dollar question, and I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I, you know, if, if Austin is 22 or 23, But when you've gone through this for seven or eight years, there's a chance he is what he is right now. And he wants to play the game with room. He wants to play it when he's got uh, time to shoot the puck. And he's not a guy that uh, this time of year fights for space. I I don't know that answer. I I, I don't know him well enough. If if it is a Tom Wilson that will make him feel braver or give him uh, rejuvenation, I I don't know. But... uh, You know, clearly you'd love to have those guys regardless of how it will particularly make Austin Matthews feel because they are valuable. Uh, Kachuk didn't have the best series against Toronto, but the threat of him doing what he can do out there constantly had a huge impact in the series. And those guys are valuable. So regardless of where you think Austin would be with a guy like that, go search for him anyways, because if it's not going to have a great effect on Austin, it will maybe 18 or 19 other guys. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Obviously, you would love to see Matthews kind of find that. You know, one thing I I kind of picked up on, I'm not the I'm not the only one. A lot of people picked up on it. The idea of when you look at the, you know, anytime your team loses a playoff series, you look at the team that beat them and say, what do they do differently? What do they do better? And I mean, obviously, Florida got good goaltending. There's no secret there. But I think the biggest thing they did better was they have a lot more jerks 
Is that something, and I'm not just talking about you want to see that Matthews. Of course you do. You'd love Marner to have more of it. Nylander, Tavares, all the big guys. But do they just need more guys with that that bite, that nastiness? And I don't mean just finishing checks. I mean actually being mean and nasty. Radko yes. Gouda, Sam Bennett. Like, how yes. much would a couple of those guys go for this group, Kipper? Yes, yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, like, he, he, the guy that had it the most right now, uh, I Achari hit everything that moved. But I love at the him. end of the day. Achari's he's a he's a bottom six guy. He's not the biggest guy, so you, physically he doesn't have a great presence out there. So, but you loved what he brought. A great support guy, but you need you need horses. You need top end guys to 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 bring that. Um, and you know, Florida had a, a few more, but you need. The playoffs are constantly about confrontation. There is a ton of it. In a best-of-seven series, I often mention that guys will look at other guys in the lineup and say, I need to be better than him. He's my, he's my, my, he's the guy I got to go against. Uh, goalies do that. Top centermen do that with each other. Wingers do that with each other. I just got to be better than him. If everybody went around and picked one guy and said, I need to be better than him, uh, then then you have a better chance to, I think, look like a, a team that can, can can will their way through it. And the Leafs do not have that makeup in their core guys. They are all skill, skill, skill. The one thing that all four of them lacked was they're not confrontational guys. To your point, they don't go and look for it. They don't stare people down in, with, the, with their eyes. They don't uh, hold their body language well. And Austin is the least confrontational star out there in the league right now. He, it, it, he's not interested in scrums. He's not interested in going eyeball for eyeball. He's not looking you at you, staring you down. He just wants to go out there, find his room, shoot the puck. And uh, again, that's that's not a good recipe this time of year. Uh, this is this is to your point about people that have that type of character that said not tonight not on my watch i'm 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 the brick wall tonight here and uh you know you're you're gonna have to come through me first uh before you think you can get to my goalie and the leafs have been missing that for years uh in your mind kepper uh where does yesterday leave sheldon keith well, I think Sheldon's got another year on his deal. I thought he handled his press conference uh, really well. He didn't say much at all. He said all the right things that uh, things are out of his control as far as Kyle's uh, uh, concerned. Uh, if I'm him, I I don't handle uh, yesterday any uh, differently. He's got another year on his contract until he's told otherwise. There's nothing to make me feel like I won't be back next year, so go about your business. Uh, but we do know that uh, there's a strong tie there with uh, Kyle Dubas, and are they joined at the hip here? And if Kyle's not back, is that uh, open it up for for Sheldon not to be back? A lot of questions this morning as uh, as we hear word on uh, on what Kyle says to Brendan Shanahan today.
Yeah, you mentioned Dubis and Shanahan there. I think, uh, you know, somehow we've we've talked for 20 minutes and not mentioned either of them un- until now. Obviously, you know, Dubis talked a lot about the family decision he's going to have to make, and I'm sure that will play a big, big part in it. But, you know, something you guys talked about, wondering about it as well, is the kind of power dynamics between those two. You know, any, any player in their career, as you grow as a player, you want more responsibility. Maybe you want a little pee-pee time. Maybe you yeah, want to get I, in the top six. What do you think the dynamic is between those two, yeah, Kipper? Yeah, I think it's just no negotiations and I think it's just money I I, I don't necessarily buy uh, that Kyle's gone in there and said I want more power I know a lot of it's been played up like that I don't see that uh, as being as big of an issue as, as some in the media have made it out to be I think he wants to be paid I think he wants to be paid well I think there was a certain ceiling that maybe Brendan Shanahan and, and the board may have wanted to go I I didn't understand uh, uh, his game plan yesterday, Kyle Dubas, and uh, and 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 bringing up the the family decision. Um, I, I would have understood it if there was a if if it was known that there was a contract on the table and that he needed to make a decision on signing it or or not. But the public was never led to believe that uh, there is a contract out there. So I, I don't know, what's the decision if if we all believe that he's just in his option year and, and the board or Brendan Shanahan have not decided yet on his future? So what's there to take to his family yesterday with, with no known contract on the table? I just didn't understand the dynamic of, of, of bringing up the family decision when we're all led to believe there's no decision to be to be had up until this point. So... Uh, is it, is it a power thing? Is it, uh, was Kyle's intention yesterday to, to give him, uh, more leverage in saying that I don't have to take, uh, your bad offer. I can just stay home. Um, I, I don't know. I have no idea, but I found yesterday perplexing for me on, on Kyle's strategy, uh, uh in his press conference. Last one for you here, Kipper. Uh, one thing I picked up on in terms of general themes is that the burden of being a Toronto Maple Leaf is a real thing, and yet no one is really reaching for greener pastures. Like, even Kyle Dubas is like, you could go to Pittsburgh, and you could be a made man in, in Pittsburgh and and be a teammate with Sidney Crosby and move your life and not have the stresses that you outlined in that press conference. Same goes for the players. Like, all of them really want to be here, really want to be there for each other. So my question is why? Like, is it addictive? Is it stubbornness here why do you think no one wants to jump ship well i can speak from personal experience it's it's just uh the fantasy of of winning here unlike anywhere else and you you can win 10 cups in carolina or or florida or dallas or one in uh, new york or or (laughs) vegas uh but no new york gives you that sense. No, that's of, what I'm Im- saying, Kipper. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm giving that's you your right. flowers, yeah. buddy. Yeah, Don't yeah. worry. You're, you're I, right. You're I'm right. intimidated by you. I would but, not but, take a shot at you. Believe me. But e- <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, but even in New York, it is, uh, uh, you're sharing the spotlight. Uh, a championship in Toronto would be 10 times anything else, uh, even in New York. And, and as players, we all dream about it and fantasize about it. And uh, you want to be part of that history. Uh, I was fortunate enough for a very small piece to have that feeling. I, it's almost 30 years. I go back to New York. I got, I got, uh, I go to MSG and they're folding out chairs for me on the floor for any concert, any, any basketball game. (laughs) 
It's 30 years. <laughs> and they're still there thanking you. I mean, that's just something that money can't buy or a hundred million contract uh, can't buy. And that's what players think about in this town. And to this day, you still want to be part of that solution. It's uh, it, it, There's nothing out there that can compare it. Um, and that's that's the magic behind it. Well, for one member of the core four, folding chairs for life uh, may no longer be an option uh, at the the end of this summer. Uh, Kipper, we really appreciate the time. I've been thanking a couple people in terms of like coming on all year. I guess we've reached the end the first time we've had you on. So thanks so much for giving your time. Even though you're a morning person and it's not that big of a deal for you, we definitely appreciate you soaking up some of the 7 a.m. blocks uh, this season. All right, guys. Anytime, you know where to find me. Uh, It's Nick Kiprios. Stanley Cup champion in New York and co-host of Real Kipper and Born, which will be hot fire, I assume, today in our Insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Awesome stuff from Kipper. Uh, nobody could speak better to what it means to uh, to play here. And I did tell you, I'm terrified of that man. So the second I thought he was going to take even 1% of slight to anything I said, I'm like, I'm sorry, Kipper. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how we all feel. I just actually capitulate. Uh, but look, he, he nailed it there. The idea of what it means. I love what he said about, you know, this goes back to conversations we had last year of, you know, after the exit last year, it wasn't, you have to move on. This core can't win together. But a lot of the conversation was, do they need to feel pain? And apparently losing in the playoffs isn't enough to change things. Now, I'm not saying they don't feel it, but you understand what I'm saying. And maybe the thing that will make them look around and realize, oh, wow, this is different is, and it's not about, and I think that's the conversation that's interesting is it's not just about, let's just say it's Mitch Marner. It could be William Nylander too, but let's just say it's Mitch Marner. It is not just about Keandre Miller and Philip or whatever the trade ends up being. Cam Fowler and Fantilli, well, whatever, whatever move you want to make. It's mm-hmm. not even really about that. Obviously, you want to nail the return. You need to get the right pieces back. But it is about what that could do as the slap in the face, the punch in the mouth, the wake-up call to whoever is left afterwards of, oh, there are consequences. We don't just get to get all our money and be Leafs. And yeah, there are some times where people yell at us, but it's great. I still in my heart of hearts, and I don't know that it, I keep going back to it. I don't know that it's the right move to make, but I do think the only way you can make these guys truly feel the consequence, because apparently losing doesn't do it, I, 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 apparently, is to make them realize that you don't just get to be the four best friends that ever were in the wolf pack riding together in the, the desert, pack. okay? It doesn't get to work that way. Somebody has to be Allen and has to be jettisoned. Okay, mm. or I guess it was Doug who got jettisoned. Yeah, Doug, Doug, uh, Doug was a bit part in that one. Uh, we have one more guest who was in the room yesterday. That's Terry Koshin of the Toronto Sun. He's next along with a mini wake and rake after the break. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, final block on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Justin Cuthbert, and Brent Gunning this morning, and we are pleased to be joined now by someone else who survived yesterday. Terry, have you hydrated to get your fluids in? Uh, I mean, that was a long slog. Uh, what did you do to survive yesterday? Well, it was a long slog, to say the least, and, uh, you know, it was interesting. We Those things usually get going quite quickly after you're expected to be there, so... You know, I think most years around 9, 30, 10, and, and players start getting trotted out right away. 
were there at nine o'clock yesterday. A lot of us pulled into their the parking lot around eight thirty to be sure. And I think we had one. Mark Giordano spoke. He was the only guy that we got before eleven. And <laughs> you know, it was just uh, it was just a, an interesting day that way. And then guys like. You know, for me, once the players started talking, it, it kind of unfolded the way it usually does with this group. Uh, disappointment, not a lot of anger, to be quite honest. You'd like to see more of it. But the end of the day is really when when really uh, things uh, got a lot different. And I'm talking about, of course, the, the emotional Kyle Dubas and, and what he was saying about his future, which I don't think any of us really saw coming. So... It was a long day, but certainly not uh, an, un- an, uh, an un- uninteresting one, to say the least. Lot there. Yeah, I mean, I would have, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if Kyle Dubis wouldn't have been back as Leafs GM, but I was surprised just the tenor of of that. You know, this this Leafs team, for the most part, you know, we think of them as a corporate machine. Do you read anything into how? for lack of a better term, disorganized and disjointed everything was. Like, this is a team that, you know, it's like, hey, PR departments do what they do. Sometimes guys take a while to come out. But for the most part, things tend to run pretty smoothly. It's a billion-dollar organization. It just seemed like everything was kind of scattershot yesterday. I don't know if part of that is because exit meetings were happening and that's what caused things to kind of slowly trickle out. But do you read anything into just how kind of, for lack of a better term, disorganized yesterday was? No, it wasn't disorganized. It was just long. That's how I saw it. Okay. I mean, <laughs> the, the difference was the difference was uh, it just took longer for guys to come out. But then once they started to after the lunch hour, it was it was happening with a little more regularity. So no, I, I don't see I don't see anything there in that regard. I, I, like I say, I just I just find it quite interesting the way that it all ended. First with Keith and then with Dubis. You know, neither really sure of their futures, but. Uh, no, it took a while to get going, but once we started to talk to people, um, it, it kind of unfolded as it normally would. Uh, there are a few guys that'll give you truths, Terry, um, but how refreshing was the honesty from uh, Kyle Dubas yesterday? Well, we, Justin, we just don't see that, right? A couple of things stuck out to me about it. One, one it was very refreshing. Uh, two, you know, he talked about the stress of the year on his family and that, and, you know, after you, once you have a time to think about it, you're thinking, well, geez, you know, it's not like the Leafs had to scratch and claw and fight to get to the playoffs. Uh, you know, was it perhaps a, more of a reference to the fact he was on the last year's bill, I suppose, but, you know, he also makes pretty good coin, and I don't think that Kyle Dubas has much to worry about next year if he's not working and not being paid. But just that, I found that quite interesting, that here's a team that, you know, I don't want to say close to another 100-point year, had to work for it, but they knew where they were going to be playoff-wise and everything for quite a long time. And there was still all the stress on Kyle Dubas, apparently, and, and, you know, by extension, his family. And you know what? You can kind of relate. Anybody who has a young family like Kyle Dubas does, uh, you know, a lot of us had at certain times. My kids are older now. But, uh, you know, even from our side, you're on the road. You're not around as much when they're in those uh, during those early stages. And, 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 and that's just from a reporter's side of it, which has nothing to do with what, you know, the stress that Kyle Dubas has. But when you're away from home like he is and all that sort of thing, you can see that stress adding up, you know, young family and all that sort of thing. But I, I don't know. I just, um, it was, uh, it was refreshing for sure, but at the same time, quite surprising. And the other thing too, like you said, you know, I think what really hit home too was look, if I, if, if I'm not the GM here next year, I, I don't plan to do anything. And for somebody in their late thirties to be that, uh, 
uh, truthful and I guess stressed out about it. That, that tells you a bit too. Yeah, it was uh, it was certainly jarring to to hear to to a certain extent there, Terry. And you know, I think the big question I I kind of have coming out of this is just what does it mean for the Leafs if Kyle Dubas is not the GM? You know, if he says I I, I can't do this, my family can't do this, I need to uh-huh. take a break. How much worse off are the Leafs? I mean, obviously the other side of that is who's the GM afterwards, but just what are the Leafs losing if Kyle Dubas and the, and the Leafs aren't able to make it work? Well, they're they're losing a guy who, you know, regularly put together teams that you thought had, had the ability to win. Look, look, and they didn't do it in the end, right? And, you know, I think the other thing I, I think I thought was interesting yesterday that he said was, you know, going down a different path uh, if it comes to that and if he's back. I tend to think he will be back. I, I, I don't know. I just, just there's no intel there. It's just a hunch. I could be wrong, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Just the way he was talking about the future and that, that when all the dust settles, he will be back. Uh, but if he's not, you know, they'll. There are other GM candidates out there that would come in and, and uh, you know, uh, pick up. I mean, the, the, the good thing is, if you want to look at it this way, there's no cupboard there or anything like that, right? If he does leave, you've got a lot of great assets in place and, uh, you know, any GM you would choose to do um, with those players what you would. But like I say, there's there's still a great future here for this team, no matter who is running that show. Um, but we're still, no matter, I know what Dumas said yesterday and still kind of letting it sink in, but I'd still be more surprised than not if he's back, if he's uh, not back. I guess you would have had to connect these dots after the fact, but does it feel in retrospect that the players and, and I guess Sheldon Keefe, but more so the players were almost campaigning for Kyle Dubas to come back. They probably understood that it's not in stone, but the affinity they have for Dubas is really strong. And I, and I wonder what to make of that. I, I yeah, I would agree to their, their Justin. I, I see that the same way. Um, you know, Morgan Riley especially was really effusive in his praise of, of Kyle Dubas, and and you know when you look when you look at it, the amount of time that Dubas is being with the organization and the age he, he is, he's growing with a lot of these guys, right? I know that they're they're a bit younger, the you know 12, 13 years younger if we're talking about the Marners and the Matthews and Nylanders, but they've all grown through this together, and uh, I, I just think they find him a lot more relatable that way, and it's just you know we talk about. We talk about a uh, player, a uh, coach being a player's coach, in all this, and you know, you know, Keith is probably uh, one of those people. He's got a good open door policy in that. But I would say that that definitely uh, Dubas is a, is a player's GM, if that makes sense. He just he, he just has that uh, you know relatability to them, and let's face it, he's paid a lot of them quite handsomely uh, before they've won anything. So. Yeah, I got that yesterday. Um, we'll, we'll see how, how far that goes. But, you know, if there's already talk already of extension kind of in the works, then, then you know, they're just probably bolstering what uh, the players are, what, what the other people in organizations think. But the other side of it, too, is we'll, we'll have more knowledge of what's really going to happen here, I think, once Brendan Shanahan talks to the media, and that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the the biggest thing people want to hear from Brendan Shanahan is what's going on with Kyle Dubas. I think it, it seems like it would make the most sense that he will talk when there is some clarity on that situation. But outside of the future of Kyle Dubas, and I guess tied into that is the the head coach in Brendan Shanahan, you know, or sorry, the head coach in Sheldon Keefe. What do you think we expect to hear from Shanny? I mean, Dubas is the guy who is often pointed these questions at. Shanahan was the guy who referenced the the killer instinct last year. 
here. What do you what do you think we expect to hear from Shanahan? Again, obviously the biggest piece of news will be the GM is this. Maybe it's Kyle Dubas. Maybe it's someone else. The head coach. Maybe the GM will will decide that. But what else do you kind of expect to hear from from Shanahan when we when we do eventually hear from him? Well, that, that's a different. That's a, that's a hard one to answer. I, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, you, you say a lot of the things you said in other years. Uh, a killer instinct. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can look at that. Um, the Leafs have it this year. Well, I, I guess not because they lost in five games to a Florida Panthers team that, you know, a lot of us thought at the outset of that series, uh, you know, they were going to win. So that would probably be part of it. But then, I, you know what? I, I don't know if there's a if there's a full clarity on Dubas either. There might be more of a here's why we think that he would be you know necessary to bring back and to help us help take us where we want where we want to go. Um, you know, but I don't. I don't. Brendan Shanahan can can give you, even though there's a history in the game, which is which is lengthy and of course uh, uh, full of uh, you know you know winning cups and accolades, all this other sort of thing. I don't know if he can give you a, a complete and full answer um, as to why it hasn't worked, and then to what what do you have to do to make it work on the ice going forward? Uh, a lot of us thought in, in uh, February, March guys, that the Maple Leafs had made the right additions in that manner. And, you know, say what you will about this Maple Leafs team. It's not for a lack of effort that they're not playing right now. It just isn't. Um, this will, this, anybody who thinks that they don't care and the effort wasn't there, but none of that's true. And it's not right. Uh, in, in my opinion. So, I don't know. Uh, Shanahan will have plenty to address. There's no doubt his own future. I mean, he's been running this thing since 2014 and has nothing to show for it. Mm. So there is that part of it too. Um, but I, I still think that for the next several weeks or maybe a couple of months to July 1, whatever it might be, no matter what Shanahan says when he is available, there will probably still be more questions and answers for this team. Uh, Terry Koshin uh, of the Toronto Sun on the line. Um, I, I thought there was two individuals who had the opportunity to chance their, or to uh, flex rather their financial or their, sorry, their individual yeah. leverage, Terry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was Kyle Dubas and uh, Austin Matthews. And I don't think Dubas used it, and I don't think Austin Matthews used it either. In fact, I think he kind of maybe gave up a little bit of the position he had. He still has a really strong position, but he might have given up a little bit of that by just saying, yeah, the the intention is to be here. Did you expect more hardball, I guess I'll say, from Austin Matthews? And what did you make overall of his uh, uh, his scrum? You know what? I I, I see that to a degree, but I... I, I you know, people say, well, what else is he going to say? Well, he, he could have danced it around it a bit. I, I like that he was, no matter the, what, what's going on here, and they haven't won, and the scores remain the same, the fact he came out and said, look, I, I want to be here. It's my intention to be here. I love being here, period. I thought that was okay. I thought that was fine. I, I just, you know, I don't, whether he gives anything up, I don't know. I, I think maybe maybe what's given up is the you know comes from the idea that he hasn't helped the Maple Leafs win yet and when he signs this contract uh, you know the one that's expiring uh, next year when he originally signed that uh, when you're doing that you're thinking okay probably while this went in during this contract we're going to win something and John Deveras had the same idea when he signed five years ago in 2018 well that that hasn't happened I think Again, we'll see how it all plays out, but that might work a little bit more against Matthews than being that direct yesterday. Um, but we'll have to see. Again, I think there's a good relationship between Kyle Dubas, if he's back, Judd Moldaber, Matthews' agents. 
So I'm not of the belief that once July 1 hits, it will be overly long to get this done. Uh, just, you know, maybe Matthews already has a pretty good idea of that, given the way he spoke to us yesterday. But uh, you know what? To, to me, to be honest, Justin and Brent, the biggest thing that came out of those scrums yesterday is with three days to let things sink in, or not quite three days, you just maybe a little more anger from the guys. They couldn't get it done again, but there wasn't that. And maybe that tells us something too. Yeah, I think that's the that's the thing that frustrated people the most. And look, you know, it's like the idea of somebody coming over and flipping the podium. I'm still so mad. We don't yeah. need to see that. But, you know, you and again, it's different. It's family stuff that's wearing on Dubas. But you right. just see the toll that it took on him versus other guys on the team. And it's not it's not quite the same. Uh, you know, you talk about Matthews there, the extension that's coming for him or we hope is coming for him. That one seems almost easy in the sense of we know exactly where he fits or close to where he fits in the high of the league a guy like William Nylander it's a little murkier you know that one seems to be and I don't I don't think it's a player who doesn't want to be here by any means but I think that there's a little less certainty as to where exactly he fits in the in the pecking order of the league you know you you waited on Matthews contract and the negotiations we could see there Nylander feels a a lot trickier well you know what yes it does um it could be a lot. You'd think it'd be a lot smoother than it was several years ago when we got to December. When they got to December first with him, but listen, I go back. Let's not forget what also what what Kyle just said yesterday too. A couple things: a about going off on a different path. B using the Florida Panthers as an example of the trade they made last summer to get Matthew Kachuk, and <clears throat> you know being open and anything on the table to help the Maple Leafs win a Stanley Cup. Well. If uh, John John Tavares is a no move, and and uh, I don't think he'd be going anywhere anyway. Um, Austin Matthews, we are pretty sure is going to sign this extension, and if you're going to go forward and be serious about it, you need to have one of the one of the top centers in the league, which is what he is. You build around those people, and you build around the people in that for the most part. Um, so that leaves Marner and Nylander. If if if, if there's going to be a big trade splash this summer. If Nylander wind up somewhere else, and the Leafs don't have to worry about that contract issue with him, that could very well happen. I mean, if, if Dubas is back, and if he sticks to you know this whole idea of, of everything being on the table, and then acts on that when when they finally look at it, maybe that's something Shannon will say too. But back to your question, Brett, about what he, what we said for him, maybe he would be in line with that, saying you know maybe it is time to look at this group and say, okay, how can we make the team better? Uh, and if we do that, what what comes out of that core? Well, like I say, it's probably down to two of them in Marner and Nylander. And I, I wouldn't advocate necessarily for a trade of either, but <clears throat> excuse me, you know, if you want to get that stud on the blue line, then one of them would have to go. Of course, you know, as good as both are, um, Marner being one of the best players in the league, um, you know, how many teams are willing to give up a number one defenseman? Probably not very many. So we'll see where that goes. But as far as the Nylander contract, um, uh, it could be a little trickier, but I don't think he, the player would have too much of a of an um, of a, an appetite for going down the same road he did uh, uh, several years ago when it, when it went to the distance. Uh, and again, sorry, Nylander seems a little more a little more uh, uh, not carefree is the right word, but you know, I, I just don't think it'll be as big of an issue for him as it might be for Matthews. Could be wrong here, Terry, but uh, Mitch Marner seemed to like you guys a little bit more than usual yesterday. <laughs> well, Marner, Marner was, yeah, Marner again. Uh, yeah, you could say that. I know Marner. Best, be, best behavior. 
Yeah, best behavior. Yeah, I I could see that. I just, um, you know what, that comment, those comments during that series about no one listens to you guys. Marner's the only guy that really brings that stuff up. Like, so I wonder, you know. Really, Mitch? I mean, come on. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we can let that one we'll be. We'll leave it there, Terry. Uh, uh, yeah, Terry, yeah. thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we do have to run here quickly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we appreciate the time. And, uh, yeah, get the, get the IV in you if you need to, or at least yes. to get those fluids up. Thanks, Terry. The, co- the coffee's flowing. Thanks for having me, guys. There you go. That's Terry Koshin of the Toronto Sun. we got to get to a quick wake and rake. Wake up! Now it's time for wake and rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. Okay, we got a couple minutes here. I'm going to be quick. I like Luis Castillo to bounce back. It hasn't been uh, since he was anointed the uh, Cy Young frontrunner. It hasn't been as hot for (laughs) the Seattle Mariners ace, but I expect him to get back on track on the mound at Fenway Park today. Minus 150, the Mariners win behind Luis Castillo. Uh, Give me the uh, Nuggets minus six. I know I said I don't like minuses. It's only minus 110, so cut me some slack there. Altitude, old Lakers team. I love LeBron, but I do not like the Lakers tonight. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to same game parlay that with Jamal Murray over 24 and a half points. That's from Jeg and Scarborough. So we put that, uh, those two things are married quite well. We put those two together. It's plus 175. So you do get some plus money out of your nuggets. And that parlayed with the Mariners minus 150 is plus 358 for the wake and rake today. Also shout out to Corey from Port Hope who unprompted gave us another pick today. He likes the Cubs and Astros to go under seven and a half runs with Steele and Javier on the mound for both those two teams, uh, respectively. Uh, but just to our little rule here, since you've been on here, Gunner, mm. let's let's lean with what we're going to watch, and I don't think either of us are going to be watching Cubs-Astros No, tonight, no, no. But Denver and the LA Lakers should be fun. Uh, any final parting thoughts on yesterday's performance down there at Ford Performance Center? Honestly, kudos to Kyle Dubas. It could not have been easy to kind of sit up there and uh, maybe this is too strong of a term, bear your soul. Uh, All we ever ask for is accountability and honesty out of these guys. And I'm sure some people will say, ah, yeah, he wanted the violins out for him. Maybe there was something to that, but that looked like a super honest guy to me. Biggest takeaway there. And I want to be clear about this. I want him back as the Leafs GM. I think they're better for it if he's the GM. Yeah, contingent with the promise of change uh, is where my backing goes for Dubas. If he wants to make a move and if this organization is going to make a move, I trust him to make that move more than anyone. And for that reason, he's kind of got my vote right now, but we shall see what happens as Brendan Shanahan uh, prepares to do his job at the end of season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. When we get to that, we'll get to that. But for now, we'll chat tomorrow.